Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through his word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now it's time to listen to this week's message. Well, praise the Lord. Anybody ever said why? Well, you're in the right place. The right place this morning. Well, last Sunday, what a glorious gathering it was. And, you know, I told the first gathering as a pastor here that one of the great praises and thankfulness and gratefulness unto the Lord is when you have a community, that means you, who provides a context where people can feel and be accepted and belong even before they believe everything that we believe as a movement. Are you with me? Could you imagine if God made us believe everything and have to know and agree with everything before he accepted us? We can never be accepted because I don't think we'll ever be omniscient, all-knowing. So I'm saying that to say what a miracle that God is doing here when you have a context of people becoming open, experiencing God's precious gift of the Holy Spirit. What a great day. That it's not just a historical Pentecost, but because of the finished work of Jesus, it can become a personal Pentecost. And a corporate Pentecost. But what a great day. So we're going to continue in this series, Why? Tough Questions. You know, as I got into my position and posture of preparation, I told the Lord, I said, I don't know, Lord. I don't know questions they're asking. I don't know every intricate detail that's going on in your heart and in your mind and the depth of reservoir of questions and whys. But the good news is, is that the king that sent me and saved me, he knows. And when I said, Lord, I don't know, he said, that's okay, I do know. What I'm saying is, is that I know prophetically, and prophecy is the testimony of Jesus, that today God is going to prophetically speak and testify of Christ and his word and his work to people today. That being said, I want to preach a message to you titled, Why Is This Happening? Part 1. And if you haven't received a sermon card, you can raise your hand up and they'll get one into your hand, not just for this moment, but also for this week for you to go over. But notice I said part one. So as I got in a place and began to go through the, the text that God led me to and began to speak through, I realized unless y'all are going to give me another hour today, we have a, we have a two-part message. So I'm saying that up front because that means potentially... Some of the questions that God knows is in some of your hearts aren't going to be addressed specifically today, but the next time in part two. You like that, didn't you? That means I'll see you back. But that's just the way it unfolded, unless you want to give me eight points instead of four points today. Oh, yeah, bring it. I like it. But I think it came from someone that's not married and had three kids and... The other people were like, don't bring it, don't bring it. 
Please don't bring it. (laughs) Well, praise the Lord. Let me pray before we move forward. Father, I thank you that the kingdom of God is here and the reign of Jesus Christ the King is here. And God, I pray that you would always find a people in a place of prepared hearts and a context like the song that sung often, We Enthrone Here. That you would be enthroned as King and Lord of our life over everything. And I thank you for the precious Holy Spirit who applies and leads us and teaches us and informs us and applies to us the Lordship of Christ. We thank you for your kingdom today. I yield to you, Holy Spirit. Make much of Jesus the King. For this we give you praise. Amen. For believers... For those of us today that are born again followers of Jesus Christ, when it comes to the tough question, the question of why is this happening, we are to know something. As a follower of Jesus Christ, when we ask the why question, why is this happening, we are to know something, and I want to tell you what we're to know up front. The cause is not the cause. That where you're asking why and where you're asking tough questions, we are to know as believers that the cause is not the cause. That the natural cause of why you're asking questions is not the ultimate end cause. There is a cause behind the cause. Let me explain it this way. Paul in Romans 8 in verse 28 says, And we know. Someone say, we know. Know Know there is experiential knowledge. We know by experiential knowledge as a follower of Jesus Christ that all things, someone say all things, work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined. That's not heaven and hell. That's predestined, preplanned to be conformed to the image of the Son, Jesus Christ. That he, Jesus, the King, might be the firstborn among many brethren. Notice Paul says that when we ask the why about tough questions, as believers, we are to know something that an unbeliever doesn't know. We are to know... That because we love God and we have been called by God through the gospel that things we label as bad things turn into good things when we know that all things are conforming us to the good of being in the image of Jesus Christ. Notice how verse 29 defines good. How it's working for your good. Even in the areas of tough questions. The good is defined by the text in Scripture being you conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So I can label things as bad, but because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm to know 
that we serve a sovereign one who can take the things I labeled as bad and turn it into good because we know that all things are conforming us to the image of Jesus Christ when we know by faith that the cause for the things is not the end cause for those things. In fact, Paul in Romans 5 and verse 1, he says, Having been justified by faith, having been declared innocent, no longer guilty before our Creator by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the only way, truth, and life. Through whom we have access by faith into this relationship, this position of grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations knowing. Someone say knowing. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. Notice Paul again says that we know that all things are producing good. What is good? Being conformed into the character of Jesus Christ. We are to know that the cause is not the cause. The cause is not the end cause. That you're looking... At what has naturally caused the, the place of where you're questioning why is this happening. And the Holy Spirit wants us to know by experience that the natural cause is not the end cause if you're a born again follower of Jesus Christ. See, we as a believer are in Jesus' kingdom. We are under His dominion. We are under His rule. And as believers, we are to know that because His kingdom is here and we're under it, that all things can work together to our good because we are called according to His purpose, the purpose of His kingdom. I want to take us to a story because stories help us. Help us to begin to see and in stories, the reality of truths that we talk about and find in Scripture. I want to take you to a story that Dr. Luke records in Acts chapter 18, beginning in verse 1, that is going to be the chapter for these two parts. Why is this happening? In verse 1 of Acts 18, Dr. Luke says, After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila born in Pontius, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Because, someone say because. Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. And he came to them. Verse 3. So because, someone say because. He was of the same trade. He stayed with them and worked. For by occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. Verse 5. When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said to them, Your blood be upon your own hands or own heads. I am clean. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. And he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice. One who worshipped God whose house was next door. Someone say next door. To the synagogue. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his household. 
And many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Now notice in verse 2 it says that they found a certain Jew named Aquila. Born of Pontius who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. See the emperor Claudius Caesar had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome. In fact, Syntonius in his writings, The Life of Claudius, writes historically of this account and says that the decree happened in the ninth year of the reign of Claudius Caesar. And he records the reason on why he made that command and that decree. The reason was because the Jews were a turbulent people. Upon or because of the account of Christ. What this means is, he writes, some Jews were zealous for Jesus Christ. Other Jews were bitter against Jesus Christ. Which created great heat and great issues to the government. And provoked the emperor, who was a jealous man, to order all Jews... To leave Italy, whether they were a believer in Christ or an unbeliever. Now let me break it down for you. Dr. Luke, notice he's a doctor. You don't become a doctor if you're someone that's just fly by the seat of your pants type of person. You know, it's like they come into the operating room today and all the the team looks to the doctor and says, Hey doctor, what do you feel like today? He says, well you know, we haven't done a knee replacement in a while. Why don't we just do a knee replacement on this person? No, no, no. You You don't become a doctor like that. Dr. Luke has a calculated mind. He's a very detailed personality. And because he is calculated and detailed oriented, he finds it very difficult when he's writing the account of what took place here in the early church in Acts 18. He finds it very difficult to leave out that the cause for Aquila and Priscilla coming to Corinth from Italy was because of Claudius. Someone say, because of Claudius. Can I just say that analytical personalities are more prone to spend more time seeking to figure out the cause of something, which can be a very valuable thing. Their personality can cause them to observe and to think, why is this happening? But listen to me, it also has a potential pitfall. Did you understand that our personality can be used in a great way for the glory of God? But because of sin, our personality has been affected. And there also is a potential pitfall to all of our personalities. The potential pitfall of a calculated analytical mind like a Dr. Luke is they can miss the cause behind the cause. They can get so focused on the natural reason why something happened that they're missing the end cause of why God allowed it to happen. That they can get so focused on the natural cause that they miss the spiritual cause behind it. See, we are to know something as believers. We are, when we experience something, whether we label it a bad thing or a good thing, we are to know by faith that all things are working together to our good because we love Him and we have been called according to His kingdom purpose through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? 
Someone, though, who's here today and listening today is hung up in life. And you're hung up in life because you're focused on the wrong cause. You're focused on the natural cause and you're overlooking the spiritual cause, which is the ultimate end cause of what God is trying to work out of it, regardless of the natural cause, His good cause for your life. See, I can imagine when Aquila and Priscilla show up in Corinth and they're meeting people and people are like, oh, that's cool. You know, I have a difficulty uh, remembering names. And uh, man, it's so easy. I can remember your name. What's the name of that new couple that, that had to come here from, from Italy? Oh, Aquila and Priscilla. That's easy. Some of your names, you married folk, it's not easy. There's no rhyme or reason to it. We love you anyway. <laughs> but Aquila and Priscilla's there. And I imagine as people get to know them, they say, how are you? Tell me about your life. We're frustrated. Why are you frustrated? You, you don't understand. Because of Claudius. It's because of Claudius that we had to, in haste, pack all of our belongings. We had to leave our city. We had to leave everything that we had known, everything that we had been sowing into. Our plans in another city and where we had our roots and we knew family and we knew friends. And It's all because of Claudius. Because of Claudius. It's because of Claudius that I've been driven from my home. See, understand that we're reading about an issue of politics here in Scripture. It's the politics of Claudius that was affecting the world and affecting even these believers, Aquila and Priscilla. It's affecting Italy, it's affecting Jews, unbelieving Jews, and believing Jews. And they can get so focused on the natural cause because of Claudius, because of Claudius, that they miss the end cause of what God's trying to do. Listen, we're no different in America. When it comes to the theme of politics, we're no different. We can get so focused on the natural what's happening that we as believers can forget we're to know something that there is a cause even behind the cause that we sing about a sovereign God and a king of a kingdom and that there can be a cause behind the cause. Now listen to me because I am there and I'm staying there for a minute. I'm not talking about political parties this morning. I'm talking about that the context of politics when it comes to followers of Jesus Christ presents us with the opportunity to have our perception dealt with our perception that's what we learned here that we can get focused on that it's all because of Claudius it's all because of what's happening in government that that is what's happening and causing me frustration and causing this and we can miss that there's a cause behind the cause that there's a kingdom that there's a purpose that there's a king that's coming Paul makes this clear in Romans 13. Let me read it to you. Now books have been written about this and I have a few moments to walk you through but there's a couple main points I need us to understand today. Because the theme of what I'm here today to to look at in Scripture is the theme of the kingdom of God and the theme that there's one king and his name is Jesus Christ and it will confront every one of you here whether you're a believer or an unbeliever that Jesus is Lord. He's Lord over our opinions. He's Lord over our plans. He's Lord over our provision. He's Lord over what presses us. He's Lord. And His kingdom is here. 
Paul in Romans 13 verse 1 says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Verse 3. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good and you will have praise for the same. Now let me walk you through this. Number one, Paul's saying that governments exist for the cause of God. Listen to me. There's a cause behind the cause of government. That governments exist for the cause of God. The cause of politics is not politics. The cause of politics and governments is for the cause of God. And what's the cause of God? For the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Now how is that? Because Paul says that governments... And governing authorities exist by God and for God's cause. Meaning, listen, there is a cause of Christ behind the cause of governments. Now let me up front tell you what Paul is not saying to be very clear. Paul is not saying that every specific person in a seat of any government of any nation is godly. Paul is not saying that any person in a seat of government in any nation is good. It's not what he's saying. He's saying that the reason there are governments... In nations is because there's a cause behind the cause. That God is up to something. Notice he tells us why there's a cause of God behind the cause of governance. He says, verse 2 and 3, it's for order. It's for the punishment of evil deeds and for the praise of good works. Now listen to me. It is here now... That every believer who's ever walked before us has faced this issue. Don't allow the pride to reach your heart and mind of thinking that we in 2017 as believers are facing the theme and the issue of politics and other believers haven't afforded. No, no, no. Everyone. But it's in the context of politics that we find the ultimate cause behind the cause for us as followers of Christ. Listen is it confronts our perception. Do we have a perception, listen to me, do we have a perception through faith that because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome is not the real cause? Do we as followers of Jesus Christ believe that the cause behind governments is God? That by faith, We see the cause is not the cause. The natural cause, listen to me, is not the only cause. Listen, there is a spiritual cause. This is what we're seeing here, Dr. Luke records. He says that the reason Aquila and Priscilla had to leave Rome, listen to me, he says it's not because of Claudius ultimately. Read it. It said because of Christ. Christ caused some Jews to be stirred up to want to fight and kill other Jews who believed And we're stirred up that Christ is the Messiah. Notice when it comes to government issues and national issues, the scripture is clear from start to beginning. The cause behind the cause of governments is that Christ and the King and the kingdom of God is here. God is working for the King and His kingdom, Jesus Christ. Think about Mary and Joseph. Here's a woman pregnant. I've been fortunate to have my wife pregnant three times. And I've come to learn that in that season, there's times where physically she's very uncomfortable. 
Now, you know, maybe you're more spiritual than me and my wife, but sometimes physical being uncomfortable leads to emotionally being uncomfortable. Here's Mary. She's close to her due date. And a decree by Caesar happens that all of the world must be registered in their hometown. Here's Mary pregnant. She's got to get on a donkey. She's got to go through rough terrain. She's got to travel with Joseph, her husband, back to her hometown, back to his hometown, uh, his hometown in Bethlehem. And here's where it confronts us. Is it all Caesar's fault? Or is there a cause behind the cause that there's a cause of Christ? It's because long before Caesar made a decree that all the world would have to be senses, God made a decree before Caesar was ever born that out of Bethlehem shall come a king. That out of Bethlehem shall come the king of the kingdom of God. That there is a cause behind the cause. But see, we only look at this issue through our little narrow lens. Through our five foot by eight inches by faith frame and brain. We see the issue through our pocketbook. Through our personal wants. And we got to realize that when it comes to governments and politics, this is stuff on a national level. And we see saying today, but do you believe it, that behind the cause of nations and politics, there's another cause that every nation and every knee and every tribe and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That God would find a remnant of every nation and every tribe and tongue that lives willfully and joyfully under the reign of the king and the kingdom of God, Jesus Christ. You see it all throughout the prophets of the Old Testament. Israel, you're going into captivity, but there's a cause behind the cause. Babylon is coming and they're going to capture you, but there's a cause behind the cause. The cause is that you would be re repent and be restored to your purpose to advance the cause of the kingdom of God. There's always a cause behind the cause, and the cause behind the cause is always connected to Jesus Christ, the king of the kingdom. See, Jesus shows up. Listen, he shows up. And he stands before government and the one who represents. His name was Pilate. In John 18 and 37, Pilate said to him, Jesus, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I'm a king. For, for this cause, someone say cause. I was born and for this cause I've come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. See, Jesus testifies. That the cause behind the cause of government is for me to be presented as king. Government provides a context for believers to get a perception that we need Jesus Christ to return. That he's the only one who can run a nation and run this world where righteousness flows like a river and peace prevails where a lion lays down with the lamb. See, politics is to help us get a perception where we long for the king to return. That we understand in this age we're not going to agree with every political thing but that God is trying to work through governments to get people to, re to receive the perception that there's one king and he's coming and his kingdom is here. Therefore, they should repent and come under the reign of one who was so loving he would willingly lay down his life and die for the subjects of his kingdom. 
The cause behind the cause is Christ. It's Christ. See, listen to me. Government can make a part of the world an easier context for the kingdom to come. But listen to me. It cannot bring the kingdom of God. Only Christ can bring the kingdom. But a government can provide a context where Christ can be presented more readily. Preached more clearly. Demonstrated more lovingly. More freely. But listen to me. Government can also do the opposite. When it's used with evil intent, it can make a part of the world a harder context for the kingdom to come. But it ultimately cannot resist it. This is where it confronts our perception. That we as followers of Christ, we long for His coming. We're not in fear of His coming, we're longing for His coming. Jesus, in Matthew 10, 34, He makes a statement that confronts our perception. He says, do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Wait a minute! I thought when the angels sang, they said, goodwill on earth and peace towards man. Listen to me, this is tension, this is not contradiction. Because now, though governments were created by God and for the cause of God, which is His King in Christ, because sin has happened, Satan and principalities and powers of darkness and rulers of spiritual hosts of darkness and wickedness, listen, they have sought to capture what God in the beginning created for Him. It's no different. God, who did God create humans for? To be captured by Satan? No, He created us for Him. But Satan tried to capture what God intended for His kingdom and glory. He tries to capture family that's intended for the glory of God. He tries to capture marriage. It's no different. He tries to capture Satan, government, and its real purpose. So now that Christ is here, there's a tension. Because governments are to provide a context for the king to be presented more readily and experienced. But now governments have fell captive to demon principalities and powers that resist the king. So this leads to tension. Because listen to me, there's spiritual warfare now. And we look at this big issue of nations through our little lens and we think, how does this affect me? What about my opinions? What about what I studied? What about I want? And we, as believers, should understand politics presents the option for our perception to be challenged. What about God's agenda? What about the agenda that every tribe, every nation has Christ, the real king, who is the hope of the nations, the prophet said, be presented? See, we see everything through our lens, but God is working on a global scale for His lens of presenting the real showbread, the real bread that meets the need of every man, the real fulfillment of every heart and every nation, the King of the kingdom, Jesus Christ. See, we want to talk parties. The Holy Spirit wants to talk perceptions. Here's, it, here's, here's my faith where it challenges. How can we cooperate with God to use... What in the natural looks like Claudia's cause. But how can we cooperate with God who now will use it for the cause of Christ? But I find seldom believers not living under the lordship of Jesus in this area. And they think, they think about it through their lens, through their cause. What this means is as believers we should be very slow to speak. And very quick to listen to the king and his true prophets when it comes to what's happening on national scale. Are you with me? Because there's spiritual warfare, and the spiritual warfare 
Why is there a line in the sand now? Because the real king has come. And the kingdom of God is at hand. So here's what we're faced. When we look at things on the political realm, will we say it's because of Claudius? Or will we say it's because of Jesus? That God is trying to use this as an opportunity for believers to see the end cause behind the natural cause of how Christ can be presented. Are you with me? It's perception. The right perception about spiritual warfare, listen to me, about this age that none of us, none of us will see a perfect government. That's why we long for the kingdom of Jesus to be revealed naturally at His coming. God is working towards the cause of every tribe and tongue and nation coming. So someone say there's a cause behind the cause. Next we see in verse 3, Dr. Luke says, So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for by occupation they were tent makers. And I preached like this when we had different people in seats of authority, I assure you. So don't listen to the devil. This is kingdom stuff. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. For by occupation, they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. Notice Dr. Luke says, it's because Paul was of the same trade as Priscilla and Aquila that he stayed with them and they worked to get them. You know what this brings? This brings the issue of our profession. It brings the issue of our profession to the forefront of thought. Dr. Luke is looking at the natural cause. It's because they're of the same trade. That's why they're working together. But Paul testified that there was actually a cause behind the cause. There was actually an end cause of what God was doing behind the natural cause. Notice where Paul testifies to this in Acts 20 and 33. Paul says, no, I've coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who are with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Dr. Luke is looking at the natural cause of why Paul is working. Paul testified that there was a spiritual cause regarding his profession. The cause is not the cause. Paul says the cause is to support kingdom multiplication. To support the multiplication of the gospel of God being multiplied around the world. Because it's about a kingdom. What did Jesus say? Seek first the what? Kingdom. And your righteousness? His righteousness. Even in the area of our profession, it confronts the king and the kingdom and the lordship of Christ. Because Paul says that you might think your cause... The cause of your trade is that you met someone you knew in that industry. But Paul says, no, the cause behind the cause is God's kingdom cause. See, the area of your profession brings into view the issue of kingdom provision. Paul says, no, my occupation allows me the ability to reason with people and to seek to persuade people about his real occupation. The kingdom of God. Paul said, you're looking just at your natural occupation, but as a kingdom of citizen, you're to see there's a spiritual kingdom occupation. And that's the real cause. Some of you right now are asking, why are transitions happening in my work? Why am I working? 
Why am I in this context? Some of you might be thinking it's because you met so-and-so or you knew this friend at that job or at that bank or in that place. But God is reminding us today that the natural cause is not the real cause. The real cause is kingdom provision. Paul says that I'm working to model the purpose of kingdom multiplication and I'm working for kingdom provision. What's that mean? Well, look what he testifies. 1 Corinthians 16, 2. Paul says, On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collection when I come. Ephesians 4, 28. Paul says, Let the person labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. See, what Paul's saying is, you're working to give more, not just to get more. That when it comes to your profession, it's not outside of the king and his kingdom. That your profession provides a context for provision for kingdom multiplication. A provision to support the weak, those that have need. And a provision to support gospel advancement. Oh, the king and its kingdom, it confronts us. Lordship in every sphere of life. See, Paul says, no, the cause behind the cause is you're laboring towards Prosperity as defined in the Bible by laying aside and storing up for gospel advancement. If you think prosperity is for you to lay up and store up for your advancement, you're missing true biblical prosperity. That your profession is so that you would lay aside and store up for His gospel advancement. See, the gospel moves forward in multiplication when we lay aside and store up first. Everybody say first. You ever heard that in Jesus' teachings? Seek first, 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 first. Priority of the king and his kingdom. Seek first. See, too many are no longer seeking the kingdom first, much less storing up for kingdom advancement first. But Paul says, listen, you are working what is good that you may do good through giving. This is how we're to look at our profession. Our profession through the cause, behind the cause, is for kingdom provision. See, there, how many of you have ever met and know people that have honored the Lord with the first of their 100% of their check by giving the 10%? But I've seen people who used to just honor the Lord with 10% and live off 90% who now, because they understand biblical prosperity and understanding seeking first the kingdom, that their profession provides a context for kingdom provision. Listen, who live off 10% and give 90% to support the weak and to support those in need and to support the gospel and kingdom advancement. I wish there would be some people that say, Lord, I want to live under your reign and here's the context of my profession that if you prosper, I will first lay aside and lay up for your cause not just my cause oh God has birthed businesses business owners who understood the kingdom that the cause behind the cause of their profession was for kingdom provision so politics and perception listen politics provides a context for us to get the right perception that God is working through the nations for the presentation of the only king and the only one who's the hope of all nations, Jesus Christ. Your profession provides a context for you to get kingdom provision to support the cause of Christ, to support kingdom multiplication, and to support the weak among us. But then we read in verse 5. Follow along with me. 
When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. In the New King James, it says compelled by the Spirit, but the King James gets it right this time. It says Paul was pressed in the Spirit. That's what it means. He was pressed in the Spirit. Let me talk to you about when you begin to have a pressing in the Spirit. Pressure in the Spirit. Paul begins to testify to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. That He's the King. He's the King of the kingdom. There is no other who should have all of our heart and our allegiance and our priority and our focus. Why is that so important? Here's why. The text points out that only up to this point, Paul had only reasoned and sought to persuade them. Let me help some people today. There is a difference in seeking to persuade someone and reason with someone than to testify that Jesus is king. Paul had Silas and Timothy come to him and it provided a context for the Holy Spirit to press him to move to not just trying to persuade those that he's been influencing for a time and not just trying to reason with those he's been reasoning with for a time, but now it's time to draw a line in the sand and be confronted that there's one king and you're not it and therefore God commands all to repent and place faith and surrender in the king of the kingdom who's so loving and so merciful that he died to provide entrance to his reign of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What a good, good king he is. Can I hear an amen? What this speaks to is when, no doubt, when Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, where Paul had to be quickly sent away because the Jews were stirred up and they stirred up the crowds against him. There's no doubt now as Silas and Timothy come and they update Paul of what's been taking place in Thessalonica of Macedonia, that they're stirring up one another. They're encouraging one another about the kingdom and the purpose of God in their life and the work of God that's still advancing even despite opposition and resistance. And as Paul's being stirred, he gets pressed by the Spirit. But here's where we got to be careful. The cause of Silas and Timothy coming and Paul being stirred up is not the cause. The cause is that Paul would be stirred and pressed for proclamation of the king in his kingdom. That Jesus would be testified to. See, community, Pastor Craig mentioned, I think in this gathering as well, but in the last, but the opportunity we have to gather together, it is an extreme blessing. There are believers right now that are not able to experience community and communion corporately of the Holy Spirit and other believers because of the context that they live in, the country, or they're in prison. This is an extreme blessing. However, never forget the cause of community is not the cause. The cause is not just for community. Are you with me? The cause of community is for the ultimate cause of you being pressed for the proclamation of Christ as King where the Lord has sent you. This is why modeling community is so important. 
A modeling community is a key for formation. That a modeling community of living under the lordship of the king and living under the reign of the kingdom of God, God uses and works through that community to form Christ in you. And what happens as that the Holy Spirit presses the character and the mind and the intent and the heart of Christ in your life. Well, just like you press a grape or you press a blueberry, something's going to come out. And God is working through a modeling community to press Christ in you to then press Christ out through you by proclaiming Him in words and in deeds and signs of the kingdom and the power of the kingdom that now is. Being pressed is for proclamation. See, understand that a social club, a country club at a golf course, and a crack house has a type of community. They have community that stirs them to activity. This is not just community. The cause is not just for community. The cause is not just for friends. That's important. But the cause of Christian community is for the proclamation of Christ as King. That it presses you to live out in every area of your life the Lordship of Jesus that confronts people around you with the fact of the kingdom of God. So what this means is you've not reached the ultimate cause of community until you're pressed to testify that Jesus is king, both in word and in deed. Don't get the cart confused with the horse. It was not so much the cause of Silas and Timothy coming that pressed Paul to testify as the coming of the ministry of the Holy Spirit through Paul, I mean through Silas and through Timothy. Don't get so focused on what's happening in your life that you attribute the glory to community instead of Christ who's working through the community. It's very important. Because nobody shall touch God's glory. What this means is, is you can get around a lot of people, but you can't get around a lot of people that stir you by the Holy Spirit. You can get a lot of, around a lot of people, but not necessarily people that stir you by the Spirit of God. If you are just stirred by the presence of others, you are missing out from being stirred by the presence in others. Talking about believers. If you just get excited because you come here today and you got some friends and community and you're just getting stirred by the presence of others, you're missing a deeper power and a deeper work of God who wants to stir you by the presence in others. Can you imagine when we got together and gathered and grouped and grew together and serve and give together if we didn't just get stirred and excited about being with others but about Christ being in others and we came with expectation, we came with what can God do through my brother and sister to stir me towards kingdom works stir me towards kingdom proclamation my God Ephesians 3.20 says he'll do more than we could ever imagine or ask by a community that comes with that type of expectation that are stirred not just by community but the Christ and presence of him in the community and in each other what has taken place it's press for proclamation some of you are asking questions. What's happening in the community? Why is this happening in relationships in the community here? Friendships and, and things with other believers. I'll tell you why. Because you're being confronted with the question. Is it because Paul and, uh, is it because Silas and Timothy has come? Or is it because the Holy Spirit has come? 
The cause is not the cause. The cause of being pressed is for proclamation. Can I hear an amen? Lastly, we read in verse 6. But when they opposed him and blasphemed Paul, he shook his garments and said to them, Your blood be upon your own heads, I am clean. They're just going to come up and begin to play music. I'm trying to be nice this morning, but I'm, I got, the, the devil's defeated. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. There, there's some messages that just confront our hearts and our minds. There's other messages that confront demon spirits that are trying to lie to our hearts and minds. Can I hear an amen? He says, your blood be upon your own heads. I'm clean. For now on, I will go to the Gentiles. And he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice, one who worshipped God, whose house was next door. Someone say next door. To the synagogue. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized again. The cause is not the cause. Notice Luke says the cause is that they begin to oppose Paul. Paul begins to feel friction and resistance. In what area? The area of his plans. You ever had questions? You have questions right now that you've been planning for five years or two years. You've been planning going in a direction, but now there's opposition in the direction. Closed doors are happening in that direction. And you're very tempted to say, oh, it's because they oppose me. See, we're talking about plans now. Paul had a plan to stay in the synagogue and to lead people to the king, but he begins to experience opposition. They're blaspheming. The door begins to close. But was the cause really because they opposed, or was the cause really because God was trying to get him to the next door of opportunity for kingdom fruitfulness? If they hadn't resisted, if that hadn't happened in the natural, Paul wouldn't have been then led by the plan of God and not his own plan to go next door. Someone say next door. Some of you are asking questions on why it's happening and it's because God's trying to get you into the next door. The next door of His plan and purpose and preparation for His kingdom and His ministry of how Christ wants to live in you and through you. And it says, though in the synagogue people opposed, in the next door people heard, believed, and were water baptized. See, Paul had a shift. He had a shift in his plans. If you're experiencing a shift in the plans, it's because our plans bring in the issue of God's purpose versus our purpose. Let me put it this way. Proverbs 19, 21 says, There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. Michelle and I had friends in in college and we were close. She she was a roommate with a female and I hung out with the male, their boyfriend and girlfriend. And they invited us or he invited us to where he was going to surprise her and and ask for her hand in marriage. And, And afterwards, he wanted us to get together and celebrate. Obviously, he had good expectations it was going to go well, right? <laughs> but where we went was a place I'd never been. It was called Flowery Branch. And we went down to downtown Flowery Branch, which is about as big as this room, maybe a little bigger. 
but there was a little ice cream shop. And I said, I looked at Michelle, I said, because his family lived there, I said, who would ever want to live here? I said, I will never live in Flowery Branch, Georgia. About, I don't know, five years later, we live in Flowery Branch, Georgia. See, the issue of plans provides a context for God to get us off of our plan and agenda and steps into His plan, His agenda to get glory out of our life. Some of you are asking about plans. It's a shift. God's trying to get you to the next door. Some of you had a closed door in the church building, but it can still get you to the open door right next door to your own house or apartment. Some of you had a closed door. They didn't put you in leadership, give you a title. But that's not the real cause. The real cause is God is trying to use that to get you to the next door of getting prepared, the next door of character, the next door of maybe your neighbor serving family. See, listen, a closed door can get you to God's next open door. I told the story I read this week of Ryan Hayward, uh, Ryan Howard. Sorry, we had Hayward on the Atlanta Braves and it confused me. But Ryan Howard, he used to wear us out. (laughs) He played for the Philadelphia Phillies in the beginning. He was a high caliber baseball player. Lefty, tall, you know, looked a little like me. No. I was a righty and small, but he he hit with power. He led the league often up at the top of home runs. He was considered to be an all-star, a great, valuable player. But I read this article this week and it fascinated me because Ryan Howard, he came up in a time of the majors where a shift happened that had never happened before in baseball. The enemy, the opposing team, created a new strategy that spread through the league. And it had never happened before. See, Ryan Howard as a lefty, he hit the ball always to this side. Someone created a strategy, said, you know what, let's take the fielders on this side and just move them to this side. Never happened before. And because of the shift, it has kept and will keep Ryan Howard out of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Because where he hit the ball, there was people now. It's very fascinating. I can imagine him thinking, if only I'd made the majors before. Why did they have to create the shift during my time? And you know what I tell him? The same thing that God has me here to tell you today. There's a cause behind the cause. Maybe the cause is not that he would reach the Hall of Fame of baseball, but the Hall of Fame of faith and encounter Christ or grow deeper in him if he knows him. All I'm telling you is that there might be things that have shifted in your life where plans have changed because the enemy now has changed his strategy against you where things were working before and now things are opposing you. But can I tell you that there's a cause behind the cause that the devil's not in control of your life? Just like we sing, we, we believe in a sovereign king and a sovereign Lord and we're under his reign. And the cause behind the cause is to get us to a next door. The next door. Don't miss the cause behind the cause because as followers of Jesus Christ, we're to know something. That whatever's happening and whatever's the natural cause for us who are followers of Jesus Christ, we can know experientially. 
What an unbeliever can't know. That there is a cause behind the cause. And it's working to my good. To be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That God is working to press me for more kingdom proclamation. That God is wanting to use politics to get me to the right perception of His kingdom in this age and the age to come. That God is wanting to use the context of my profession to get me to understand it's for His kingdom provision. That God is wanting to use the context of when plans shift. That we see it's because of His purpose. Of how He wants to extend His kingdom. His reign. His glory. Out of our life. They're going to begin to sing. We're going to take a couple moments to give you a context. For you say, Holy Spirit, I've been focused on the cause. She has spoken to me together today that there's a, actually a cause behind the cause. And to invite the Holy Spirit to cause you to know experientially that even something you might label as a bad thing, God can turn it into a good thing because the Holy Spirit will give you a faith that God will take all things and work it to the good of His kingdom purpose and you being conformed to the image of Jesus. If that's you and you want to give the Holy Spirit opportunity, let's stand to our feet. Stand to your feet. Begin to talk with Him. Begin to invite the Holy Spirit who can create faith to have His way as we worship a few moments. If you need to come and pray, there's always freedom to do it. The Lord leads you. Again, thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at www.dwellingplacemovement.org.